I'm Karen Morgan, and this is the Purple Bike Podcast. everybody. This week, I had the pleasure of chatting with Van Temple. Now, Van is one of the founding members of the band, The Producers, who started back in Atlanta around 1980. You will probably remember The Producers from their videos on MTV. They were also on MTV's Rockin' New Year's Eve. And they had hits like What She Got and What She Does To Me and She's Sheila. The original lineup of the producers is still together today and still playing shows. They've got Van Temple, who plays the guitar and does vocals. Kyle Henderson is on the bass and does vocals. Wayne Famous, or Wayne McNatt, is on the keyboards. And Brian Holmes is on the drums. I had a great time catching up with Van Temple. Here's our conversation. But I know you're not originally from Atlanta. You're from Tennessee. Is that right? That is correct. I'm from Knoxville. And I read Fountain City. I don't don't think I've ever heard of Fountain City. Well, it's just a suburb of Knoxville. Oh, okay. All right. So were you a UT fan growing up or did you move before that? I moved before that. I moved when I was probably, oh, uh, five or six to uh, Pensacola, Florida until about 1963 or 64 when I moved to Atlanta. To Atlanta from there. So when you were, I understand when you were in Pensacola, your dad was a radio DJ. Is that right? That's right. Tell me about that. I understand that that had a big influence on on you eventually becoming a musician, or maybe you always were one. Well, he used to um, MC the uh, Grand Ole Opry's when they came to Pensacola. And I got to go to those shows and hang out with some of the artists and got to walk on stage after the show and see what it was like to be on stage with the lights shining on you. And yeah, that was a big influence on me. Was your dad also a musician or how did uh, he played ukulele? Oh, cool. That's very cool. How about your mom? Was she into music as well? She was, uh, she was head of the choir, used to direct the choir and sing. So I had music on both sides. Coming up. Did you have any siblings that were into music too, or? Um, not really as much as I was. My middle brother, uh, I think had a, had a little cover band later on. But you were the, you were the breakout star of the family, I take it. Yes. <laughs> and I know that you started playing guitar. You were pretty young when you started. How old were you when you started playing guitar? I was 11. Wow. So, and that was in Pensacola? Um, no, that, that would have been in Atlanta. Atlanta. Okay. So you were how old when y'all moved to Atlanta? I guess I was eight years old. And uh, so you grew up in Atlanta and you started playing music at 11. And where'd you go to high school in Atlanta? Because I'm, I'm from Athens, so I'm interested in the local stuff. Uh, well, it's uh, Briarwood High School, which isn't there anymore. It was in East Point. And then you went to Georgia State for a few years? I did. I went to Georgia State for a few years and I went to Athens for a couple of quarters. What I read was, and I would love for you to tell me about this, that you had an opportunity to play music and you weren't finished with school yet at Georgia State, but that you talked to your dad and he supported you going for the music. Tell me about that. Well, uh, I had an opportunity to uh, join a band or some bands and I just told him that's what I would like to do. And he said, go for it. I don't know that my my dad would have been <laughs> that understanding. That was great. So so you did that, and tell me about what was the first band that you that you joined at, at that point? Was that cartoon or is that something? No, that was on down the road. Uh, I joined a band. Uh, it was just uh, 
I think it was a four-piece band with a female singer and keyboard player and myself and a drummer. And then I know Cartoon eventually happened. So th- tell me, like, those years before Cartoon, different ones or? Um, yes, different bands. And uh, the Cartoon thing, uh, uh, Wayne was playing in a band and uh, I was out of work and I went to go see him and they let me join the band. It was behind a singer called uh, named Jim Poole. And we started playing clubs. So Wayne was in that band. So that's how I first hooked up with him. Was Brian there yet or was that? Brian came after about, I'm going to say three or four drummers. We added Brian. And then uh, I guess uh, by that time we had become cartoon and we were starting. uh, I was starting to write songs for the band and we had a, couple of them played uh, at Georgia State University and uh, whatever the radio, WRAS, I guess. And so so that was cartoon. And then at some point, Kyle sat in with y'all. and it- well, I used to go see Kyle in a band called Whiteface that was on Mercury Records. And they were more uh, R&B and funk. And uh, he liked our rock style. And we, our bass player wasn't... Uh, showing up for rehearsal and he wasn't contributing much of anything. So we uh, just decided to replace him with Kyle. Like when did the producer, like when did you change your name or create the name, the producers from uh, like it was cartoon and then Kyle came. So like, when was like, when were the producers born? I guess is my question. Well, they were uh, born in Atlanta. Um, Kyle and I used to get together at my apartment and we would just have uh electric and bass guitar without amps and we started working on songs together who came up with the name i'm always fascinated uh wayne did i guess because we produced music wayne's last name is mcnapp but he goes by wayne famous and somebody wanted me to make sure i asked you how he became wayne famous that there's some story about a restaurant yes there is (laughs) um uh brian at that time was uh dating a stripper and uh we played at a club called C.W. Shaw's in Atlanta, and Wayne might have walked in in a tuxedo with a top hat or something like that. And <laughs> she turned to Brian and said, look, there's Wayne, Wayne Famous. And that's how he got the name. <laughs> so he got named by the stripper. That's good. Yeah. So Kyle joined you guys, and you create the producers, and you guys started, I guess, touring. And then... Mm-hmm. Did- we we did uh, a combination of cover songs and then uh, and also original songs and started playing uh, around Atlanta and we I remember we got a job in some club in Tallahassee and uh, we were being received just kind of okay and then uh, our manager called and said that uh, we were going to go to New York and have an audition with Tom Worman uh, who had been interested in. Uh, white faced at one time okay so we went up and did an audition i think after the second song he said he wanted to sign us there was also someone from warner brothers there the son of whoever ran warner brothers and i guess he passed on us so we tom was in he was with sony at the time yes we were signed to epic records and then uh lenny pt who had discovered boston met with us and said he was a smaller company and he could uh, give us more attention than Epic could. And so we ended up signing with Portrait Records. Tell me about the driving from Tallahassee to New York from that for that audition. Were y'all like in the middle of a show and they said, get in the car and go and y'all just drove to New York? Well, I think we finished the show. Uh, <laughs> 
I I drove home the next day, and I'm not sure exactly when, but yeah, we drove to uh, to New York. How old were y'all? I was probably about, I want to say 30, maybe. Kyle was like about eight years younger than me, and Wayne's a year older than me. Anyway, uh, went to a place called uh, Studio Rentals, I think, and auditioned, and then the rest just kind of happened. But we had worked very hard on crafting these songs. We would rehearse at Wayne's house, and we built a soundproof studio and uh, would rehearse in the afternoon up until time to play a show. And then we would go play a show that night as well, doing cover songs. So y- y'all were working hard. I mean, y'all were, yeah. We were. Make it, making it work. Although when it's when you love it as much as I, it looks like y'all did, um, it doesn't look like work. Uh, labor of love. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So you you ended up doing the, the album with Sony and MTV started happening. And tell me how MTV kind of impacted you know in terms of your popularity when y'all took off. Oh oh, it was uh, wonderful. Uh, our road manager who later became our manager, spent time in New York. And uh, there was a guy that he was friends with from Atlanta that was working with FBI Records. And so they started booking us and we got to know the DJs from MTV. Then, of course, they played a couple of our, well, they probably played at least three or four videos of ours. And we did some interviews with them. We had our 15 minutes of fame when we played the second New Year's Eve rock and roll bash. Somebody told me to ask you the story about when you played that night that no one had told you when you were supposed to go on and y'all had to just Well, we knew about when we were supposed to go on, but uh, someone misdirected. I can't remember her name, Martha. Martha Quinn? Martha Quinn. And so we were upstairs in the dressing room getting ready and they said, okay, you're on. And we had to run downstairs. I didn't even have a guitar pick on me until... Later, I think we did like three songs and then took a break and then did three more songs. Anyway, people in the band were upset that we had been calling and got into it with Martha and oh. I, not me. Uh, others did. I won't. I won't mention names, but <laughs> others. She ended up crying and it was oh, no. that probably didn't help us or anything. <laughs> you don't want to make Martha Quinn cry. Yeah. So that was our fifteen minutes of fame. But it was good. It, I, like I said, I remember watching it. And then I also understand y'all played another show that same night oh my god yeah we went to new york and set up where the mtv ball was going to be did a sound check broke down went to another club we were playing that night set up uh did a sound check played a show uh broke the equipment back down went back to the mtv ballroom and uh set up did another sound check just insane (laughs) totally insane labor of love but you're in new york and that was like that was a pretty big deal i would imagine i mean yeah it was what was the other show that you did when you left do you remember Uh, i'm trying to remember we we might have opened up for you two at another club but wow don't quote me on that. It was someone like that, another FBI group. Okay, that's that's still a pretty big deal. So you you did that, and then I have a question about one of your videos that used to be on MTV. It was the She Sheila video. There was a weird green hotel in the background. That was the uh, Pacific Palisades, uh, which was closed, and that's where they filmed the outside of the movie Xanadu. Xanadu. That was I was going to ask you because I've seen Xanadu like an embarrassing amount of times and so like, we, we would like- climbed up on the roof and you know played through the song up there and then uh the rest of the group 
went back to Atlanta and I stayed for another couple of days and did the other out uh, the other takes mm-hmm. for that video. You know, I, I, I think the days of the MTV videos, you know, cause at some point MTV stopped having vis- videos. I miss the videos. And I think that y'all had really great ones. Did you have a specific person direct your videos or did you have different people from the record company? Um, different. The, the what's he got and what she does to me were done at a college. And I don't, Remember, I think it was a CBS staff that took care of that. The Shishila video, we hired a director to cut that one. After that, then I know you had some some label issues back and forth, and, and you, you had a few albums that weren't released. And one of them was, I'm going to say this wrong, is it Sela Oh, you got it. Sela Kant. Sela Kant. Yeah, that was with uh, when Shishila was released. It didn't get much airplay or something. And some people in the band, I'm not going to mention names, said to Sony, we want you to re-release Shishila and put some money behind it or we want out of our contracts. And and Sony said, bye. So we were without a label and... I guess we thought we could get re-signed, but we didn't. And it took several years before uh, an A&R guy from uh, MCA came and saw us and wanted to sign us. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we got signed to them. And we had a, a manager, Derek Sutton, who used to, I think, manage Yes and some other groups like that. Anyway, uh, he called us up two weeks before the MCA was supposed to come out and said, they're not going to put your record out. Ugh. Well, I know there's a lot of sad people, you know, not just me, but in the world, because, you know, I've been looking at some of your old videos and I'm seeing so many of your fans It's saying, you know, we miss these guys. They were such a big part of our, our history. What I think is wonderful, Van, is that you guys are sort of still together. We, we're not sort of still together. You know, we are together. Exactly. So, so I, and I don't want to call it like... I know you're doing shows together and I don't want to call them reunion shows because you never really, you didn't break up. I know y'all had a, had some breaks um, yeah. and some time, some time off in between. And these days, uh, three of y'all live in Atlanta and then somebody lives in Wisconsin. Kyle lives in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And then the shows that y'all are doing around the Atlanta area in places that I, again, I wish I was not in Maine. I wish I was in Atlanta to be able to come see y'all. I know that a lot of people are just delighted to have y'all still playing down there. So I want to ask how, how y'all are doing in terms of your, your shows together as the producers. And I know you have other projects. So tell me about those. Well, um, I, I put a solo record out about, uh, it's been five or six years now. It wasn't really producers music. It was my music. That didn't really do anything. I, I know Kyle put a solo record out. Yeah, we're still playing shows together. Of course, the pandemic put us off, but we'll be playing a, a place called the City Winery where the old Sears building used to be on North Avenue. Oh, yeah. And uh, I'm sure you went there a lot. Went shopping at Sears, right? <laughs> no. <I did>. Uh, <laughs> Uh, anyway, we'll be playing there, I think, in May. So we'll start back up playing again. Uh, we were supposed to play a, a festival in New Orleans. New Orleans was one of the first cities that really caught on to us besides Atlanta. And uh, we've been doing some shows in Tallahassee, Florida. Anyway, so we'll be going out playing shows again when things open up. Tell me a little bit in terms of, because uh, I know the things I've seen you play on recently, you're using your acoustic guitar to play the old producer songs. Do you have a preference? That probably would have been a podcast as well. Just with me and another friend of mine, uh, we brought our acoustic guitars. That was just because that was a just a little small room we we did that in. Right. I don't 
normally just play acoustic. Uh, you know, if I was going to do a solo show, I'd probably do acoustic. Okay. I thought it was interesting and, and wonderful to hear the old songs on the acoustic guitar. Just personally, I thought it was kind of fun to hear. Yeah, that, that was that was fun. Bob Beckwith is another fellow that you play with? That's that's the guy I did it with. Okay. Bob, Bob was in a band that also played Tallahassee, and uh, they saw us play there and were like, we might as well break up because we can't be that good. But, uh, <laughs> it, it's all relative. Do you play in, in any other groups in the Atlanta area? Wayne and I have a cover band that we've been, I'll be rehearsing with them Thursday, just doing some favorite cover tunes just to play around Atlanta. What's and that? that's called Hammerhead. Oh, I like that. That's a good name. That's, I came up with that. Thank you. <laughs> Sometimes it's the hardest thing is to name shows and name band. That's a good one. You can Thank have you. your... That's got a good logo behind it. I can see your T-shirt now. Yeah, me too. Merch sales. It's all good. <laughs> what about, here, here's a question I ask, since I am I am over the age of 50, and I, I'm looking back at my own life. And You're very attractive over the age of 50. You're very sweet. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's on Zoom. They're all good. And all you guys still have all your hair, except for Wayne, which never had any, right? I mean, he... Uh, it was always pretty thin, uh, his <laughs> hair was. Looking at my album, this is my vinyl, um, my son, who's in um, college, wanted to know... How did you get up in those? That's what he wanted to know. Those chairs were loaded down with sandbags and uh, at the bottom, at the base of them. And then we used the ladder to climb up and get in the chairs. Well, whoever came up with the chairs was, I don't know. There was it's, That would have been someone at Sony. At Sony. Well, we used to play when I was in high school. We played this on cassette tapes on our on our bus for the bas- girls' basketball games. So we had a whole bus full of girls singing along with y'all. I think one other question that I would have is if, you know, looking back again, as I said, now that I'm over 50 and I look back at how old I was doing things, what I would have told myself, is there anything you would have told yourself when you were 30 or... Well, I would have told myself to stay with Portrait Records. Lenny Pizzi said, don't worry about your first two records. Uh, it took REO Speedwagon 10 records before they broke out and uh, I I would have stayed with Portrait Records and see if we could have come up with something that connected with more people. Just with with the labels. What about yourself personally as a musician? What advice would you give yourself? Not so much about the business of music, but about life in general. Just um, hang on the straight and airy and keep working hard. That's all. (laughs) Keep your nose to the grindstone. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, I I think it's wonderful. And like I said, I'm just so tickled that you're still making music. I am forever jealous of people who can because I can't. I'm not one of those people, but I appreciate people who do. Um, is there any story you want to tell that we didn't cover? We- uh, I don't remember where we were somewhere up north, and we went to see the Elephant Man movie. Um, We played a show, and I was waiting on our sound man to get back to the room to just cut up with him. And uh, I was in my underwear and a pair of cowboy boots, and I'd taken a pillowcase and just drawn a big (laughs) dark circle on it, put that over my head with a cowboy hat. I might have had a whip. (laughs) So anyway, a knock came at the door, and I opened it up. But it wasn't David. It was the hotel manager. They had some complaints about some noise. Could we please (laughs) hold it down? And I didn't say anything. I just bowed my head yes. That's the kind of crazy stuff I used to do. Were they? Were you asked to leave the hotel? Or you? No, no, no. We weren't. As a matter of fact. Did y'all do any hotel room trashing on your tours? Any any wildness? Or did y'all? No, no, 
No, we didn't. No, um, see, that makes me proud. Any other stories? I don't want to miss any if you got any more. Going through a toll booth in New York, and Brian had a uh, rubber severed Halloween hand. So I, I, I gave the toll booth operator some money, and then I stuck that hand under my <laughs> coat jacket. And when she reached out to give me the change, there was that rubber hand, and she, oh my God! And she was like, <laughs> Freaking out in the tow booth, stuff like that. When y'all were touring, did you have like a van and did y'all take turns driving or did y'all have yep. We never had a tour bus. We had a, okay. had our own customized van and we drove ourselves and, and had uh, the van for us and a, bought a truck for the road crew to take the equipment. We had uh, captain's chairs that rolled down so you could lay down. We had a couch in back. We had a little TV so we could watch videos. Nice. Stuff like that. What was the furthest place you went from Atlanta to play? Well, um, while we were when we were driving, it would have been Canada, Toronto. Mm-hmm. When we uh, we also played, we had to fly there, but uh, Puerto Rico and Trinidad and the big Dominican Republic show wow. that we played down there. That's cool. Yeah. Did you ever consider living anywhere besides Atlanta? Did y'all ever consider moving to L.A. or anything? No. Places? Okay, good. Uh-uh. A- L.A.'s uh, exciting at first. I mean, we were, we were recording at the record plant, and we were staying in Studio City and where they had, uh, like, the Fantasy Island house and uh, <laughs> Leave it to Beaver house. And oh, cool. You'd pass the uh, Beverly Hillbillies house on the way out there. Yeah, after a while, just the smog and the, especially the traffic was just horrible. Yeah. And you kind of, you know, you got kind of over Los Angeles after a couple of weeks. Pretty fast. Like, I want to go home to Atlanta traffic. I'd much rather. Yeah. <laughs> right. How is, how is Atlanta traffic these days? I've been gone for a while. Terrible. Ugh. It's terrible. And they're building more express lanes because of the pandemic. It hasn't been as bad. So would you ever go back to Georgia State and finish? I think I'm a little, well, I'm a, what am I? I'm 68 years old now, so I don't think so. I was just curious. I still think your dad was very wise and supportive and uh, having three children of my own. I, like I said, I think that was great advice that he gave you and, and a loving gift to be a supportive dad to, to send you. Yeah, he, he was. I will give him that. Very good. Well, thank you so much, Van. This is just a treat and I'm so pleased to talk to you and I want everybody to know that the producers are doing shows as soon as they can get out there as soon as we can all get back out there so what's the best place to reach y'all is it your Facebook page or your website yes the producers official Facebook page so everybody should tune into the Facebook page for the producers new shows that are added some may be rescheduled and if that happens I'm sure the updated dates will be put on there so unfortunately I don't know if we'll be playing Maine so I can't (laughs) meet you in person but that's you know generally Maine is not on the stop off you know there's no waffle house here so there's almost no no need to come but okay if i if i'm down in georgia at any of these shows i'm gonna come and see y'all live and in person would love to oh that'd be great I hope you enjoyed catching up with Van Temple as much as I did. If you'd like to check out the upcoming shows for the producers, their website is theproducersband.com. And also make sure to go to Facebook and like their official Facebook page, which is called The Producers. Thanks for listening, everybody. Y'all have a great day.